Hey everybody, welcome to Movie Mavens, a podcast where we watch and review two movies that are related in some way. We call it a spicy double feature. The films can be related through director, actor, plot, setting, or even title. I'm one of your hosts, Annie Janes. And I'm Carson Green. And this week's spicy double feature is Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. And dear listener, I know what you're thinking. And um, in fact, I am not part of this conversation. Annie is joined by special guest Joey Noel. And they're going to talk about that after Annie and I wrap up what we've been watching. Let's dig in. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to do you want to? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, like, why they're the double feature, right? Because it's like... They're like Top Gun movies. <laughs> <laughs> they're the same title. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, planes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, before we jump into the dub, Annie, I'm dying to know. What have you been watching? So I have been watching two shows that I've brought up before, but I want to bring them up. I want to give a little update on them. They're both ensemble comedies. So they're kind of fun to compare in a way. They're a spicy double feature. One is our flag means death. It's the mm-hmm. pirate show produced by Taika Waititi and starring him. Um, and I got to be real. I gave this show all um, like six to seven episodes and I think I'm calling it quits. Because Whoa. it's just not doing it for me. The ensemble does not work. They're not funny together. And I just don't find myself laughing or caring in general. Flip side of that, another show I brought up, Ghosts on BBC. There is an American version, but I've only seen the BBC version. I'm now on the third season. I think that's the most recent season. But it is so good. and. It's a great ensemble of people I've never seen before. And it's only getting better. Like in this season, there was like two or three episodes that had an overarching storyline. Usually they're like very self-contained. And I don't know, it's just really good, really satisfying. And I usually get like a good laugh out of each episode. So that's my update on those two shows, if y'all were wondering. I can't believe you gave it six, that's six to seven hours that you gave this show. Oh, I guess I think they're half hour. Well, maybe oh. they're longer. I'm going to guess I probably gave them four hours. I know part of me is like, should I finish? But Mm-mm. there's too much competing for my time. I think I just got to call it quits. Yeah, that sucks. I hate when that happens. Dude, that's like a fear of mine, like to start a show and then not actually like it. And get deep before you realize it. Yeah, because, like, I have no problem turning off a movie I don't like. That's like, well, there goes 45 minutes, but, like, a show, and then you have to arrive to the decision, oh, actually, I don't think I like this anymore. And you, you have to give it a fair shot, which can take, like, uh-huh. you know, three hours at minimum. Whew. What have you been watching? Well, okay, as you know, I had COVID last week. Much better now. My body beat COVID. Shout out Great vaccines. Yeah. Great to hear. Get boosted, everybody. Um, okay, but so I had a lot of, I was inside, so I had a lot of time on my hands. So I watched, actually, I watched a lot of movies, but I, I want to tell you about three. I want to talk about three of the movies that I watched okay. and just kind of some observations that I had. 
Um, so the first one that I watched was No Country for Old Men. When was the last time you saw that? I saw it when I took a Coen Brothers class in film school. I think that was like my last semester of college or my second to last semester. So ooh, when was I in college? Dang. So you've only seen it one time? That was four years ago and uh, minimum. And I've seen it twice. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Um, there's two things that I want to tell you about. Okay. So this movie came out in 2007. Um, listener, if you're not familiar with No Country for Old Men, first of all, you should be. Um, but it's a, like, I don't know, it's a, what, like a Texas drama about some money going missing and, um, what's his name? Javier Bardem plays a psychopath. And Josh who, Brolin. Yeah. Is the Josh good guy. Brolin. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I well, don't know. <laughs> Josh ah. Brolin is the, <laughs> Josh Brolin is the prey. <laughs> yeah, um, true. All right, so the first time I watched this movie was when it came out, and I had the I like had this memory. I, I like unlocked a memory while I was watching this. Oh, cool! And it was so in two thousand seven. I was like fourteen, maybe thirteen or fourteen, and I watched it right when it came out because I was interested in movies. And there's a scene where Javier Bardem is in like a shitty motel, and he's kind of doctoring himself, and he's pulling shot out of his leg. And there's this sh- there's this shot of him um, naked uh, sitting on the toilet. This was the very first time I had ever seen a man's body before. Just in the nude. And I was like, I remember being totally scandalized. And I was like, men are fucking gross. That guy looks <laughs> nasty. <laughs> of course, it's Javier Bardem who like is sort of a monster of a man. It was interesting though. I that doesn't happen very often where where I kind of like unlock memories like that watching movies. I love that. I just love that feeling of watching something and then remembering watching it. Yeah, or like, oh, I watched it with this person or yeah, I mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I I recognize something or like I guess I was kind of I was wanting to think critically about it this go around. And so as I was watching it, there's a lot of like shots of just the west texas like sort of barren wasteland um and we spend a lot of time outside and we spend a lot of time on the road and i drew this conclusion i like drew this from that specifically i mean there's a lot to analyze about this movie but this is just like the most recent takeaway Mm -hmm. and i think that we spend a lot of time in this sort of yeah this like west texas wasteland as a way to feel isolated as the audience because the three main characters are always isolated like josh brolin is always by himself javier bardem is always by himself tommy lee jones is always by himself i mean he's with his like dumbass deputy but like i it's a way to put the audience in the movie and i just i thought that was i i felt isolated I, I had a lot of feelings like being out in the in the desert like that. It was I don't know. It was weird. I don't have a lot of memories of the movie aside from like a few iconic scenes, but that's a cool observation. I'm sure that was intentional. Oh, I fucking yeah. love the Coen Brothers. Everything they do, Dude, I'm here so for. So smart, so smart. 
Uh, one of my favorite jokes, or it's n- it's not even like a verbal joke, but in <laughs> Bob's Burgers, Luis, the girl with the bunny ears, dresses up like Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men for Halloween. <laughs> with the <laughs> wig? I, yeah, with the wig. And she has like the little like weapon, the cow, <laughs> like air compressor. She like carries that around. I don't know. I think that's such a good deep cut. That is good. <laughs> He's so scary in that movie. He's so scary. Very. So anyway, I recommend that. It's like, that's a perfect movie for me. That's a 10 out of 10. If you haven't seen No Country for Old Men, go watch that. It's required viewing, in in my opinion. Also, that's really cool that you took a Coen Brothers class. That's dope. Yeah, that was fun. The next movie that I kind of want to talk about, and I've been trying to get you to watch this movie. I want to do a double feature on this, and I'm sure we will eventually, but I watched Nightcrawler with um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, you've been craving to watch that. Dude, I've been craving to watch that. Um, so it's a it's a story of this guy who like kind of is a loser, like transient, doesn't really have a career or anything really. Um, and he discovers the world of taking news footage at scenes, like crime scenes, and he becomes really obsessed with like being the grossest and getting the most gruesome footage and being the most shocking. In order to like sell to the media. Yes. Like the story itself, okay, and it's an L.A. movie, which you know I love an L.A. movie. Absolutely adore an L.A. movie. And the story itself is really interesting, I think. The the movie is really well-paced, which I really appreciate. I thought the last time I watched it, I I thought that it was a little bit slow, but this go-around, I was like, I thought it was perfect. But the best thing about that movie is Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. Yeah, no, for sure. He was, I think he was totally robbed on that, man. Like, he should have won an award for that performance. He was, again, very similar to Javier Bardem's um, performance. He was scary. He was, like, he transformed into that person. That is one of his standout roles of all of his movies, I think. Yeah. I've seen it once a long time ago, so I don't remember it much either. But Riz Ahmed is in that too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did he, he do? A, I mean, neck in all of his scenes were with Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. and you know, Jake gave the performance of a lifetime, so <laughs> it paled in comparison. But yeah, I think he did fine. I I really like that movie. I recommend that movie, um, Nightcrawler. Oh, where where is that streaming, and where is No Country for Old Men streaming? No clue. Did you re- stream them or buy them? No, I definitely streamed them. Okay, they're out there, they're free, and I guarantee they're not going to be on like Paramount Plus or something like that. They're going to be on one you have, folks. (laughs) Yeah, they're on Hulu or HBO or something. Okay. Okay, so the last one that I watched that I want to tell you about is um, Lars Van Cheer's The House That Jack Built with Matt Dillon. Have you seen that movie? I, I have not seen it. I don't know anything about it. Um, do you like Lars Van Cheer? I've never seen a movie by him, I don't think. Give me his most famous movie. Melancholia or... Okay, I've seen that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've seen Melancholia, but I don't remember it. He did Nymphomaniac. Didn't see that. Dancer in the Dark with Bjork. Didn't see that. Oh, someone recommended that, actually. Oh, someone recommended Dancer in the Dark and... um, Sound of Music. <laughs> we should do that episode. 
<laughs> yeah, I I haven't seen enough of his to say I have an opinion on him, frankly. Do you like him? Mm, he has an he has a vision. He has an eye. Like he is a very specific. He makes a very specific film. And this this one in particular, the house that Jack built. I I saw it maybe when it came out. Like uh, I, maybe it was like 2017, I think. And I remember kind of being like unenthused, unenthralled. But Lars von does that. I think he makes like a boring movie, but it's like always <laughs> shocking. He does a balance of like, God, this is dragging, and then like he a pulls blip of yeah, right. I remember thinking Melancholia was boring, but it I saw it in high school, so yeah, it's been a while. No, dude, it's straight up boring. Okay. Isn't it also like four hours long? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he did this movie called Antichrist with uh, Willem Dafoe where, spoiler alert, everybody, um, Willem Dafoe gets a, a stake driven through his shin, which is like the most shocking thing I've ever seen on screen, I think. Ooh, what is, that's not the one where Willem... No, no, no. You know, we should watch that and the one where Willem Dafoe is Jesus that Martin Scorsese made. Oh! <gasps> That's perfect. That's Antichrist fun... and, and Jesus Christ Superstar. No, what's it called? The Last Temptation. <laughs> the, last the Last Temptation of Christ. <laughs> it's the one where Jesus fucks. Yeah, we yes. should watch that. That's a great double feature. Yeah, so um, The House That Jack Built, really, really artistic film. Really, really, like, beautiful. I th- I really liked the... It ha- It did this, like, really delicate layering, story layering, which I really appreciated. Um, and it had, like, a lot of uh kind of like kitschy um like transition things and it was just like it it it's a world like Lars Ventura created a world in this movie what's the premise so Matt Dillon is talking to um like a therapist psychiatrist something or other and Mm -hmm. he's recounting all of his murders so okay. so as he's speaking and narrating this, we're going along on the story of he's like a sociopathic serial killer. And um, interesting. Yeah. And like that's where that's kind of like where the layering comes in, because then like he would tell a story and then the the therapist, psychiatrist, whatever, um, would ask a question and then we would go backwards and kind of like get the pathology of this character it was interesting but it was like i don't know i think it it wasn't made for me oh okay this this movie was made for men is it like a psycho type or that movie like psycho by alfred hitchcock oh no 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 i'm thinking of the one with christian bale american psycho american psycho (laughs) not just any psycho (laughs) Um, no, American Psycho is far and above. It's head and shoulders above the okay. the Jack build. But Matt Dillon did look really hot. I don't find him attractive. I can't, I don't know why. I think it was the sociopath that was doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, dear listener, if, uh, if you want to watch that movie, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's a soft recommend, I guess. I don't know if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. If you have two and a half hours to give give away to an art house. I'm not sold. I don't think I am running to check that out. 
do you think I would like it? No. Okay. It kind of like the the artistic style of it kind of it gave me like Wes Anderson vibes. Oh. It was all like very specific and meticulous and but then like huh. colorful and cool. Okay. That was my COVID binge watch. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, I wanted to tell you I um I'm going to see Parasite. Oh, I think I told you. Yeah, I'm going to see Parasite in a theater. I'm so excited. You'll have to give me an update next episode on... Because have you seen it since the you saw it in a theater when it came out? No, I haven't. Okay, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I'm cool. really excited. All right, well, I'm going to leave you and um, Joey to it. Joining me today is the producer and co-host over at Kind of Funny, Joey Noel. Welcome to Movie Mavens. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk about these movies. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining. Um, we are going to top, talk, top. We're going to talk <laughs> some Top Gun and some Top Gun Maverick. Uh, but before we jump into our review, I was thinking we could chat just a little bit, let the Movie Maven listeners get to know you as well as myself. I know it kind of funny. Y'all review a lot. <laughs> Anything that can possibly be reviewed <clears throat> we've probably found a way to do it the boys did yep. uh mu- um, some music album for somebody that i don't really listen to so kendrick lamar thank I'm you <laughs> i was like yeah, yeah i got you <laughs> yeah. uh, last week we do a lot of like tv movies comics we were doing at one point um video games a little bit of everything you recently reviewed the 50 states <laughs> <laughs> The 50 are ranked, yeah, really? ranked and reviewed. Exactly. Nothing is off the table. They've done mountain, the Mountain Dew flavors, the different kinds of sodas. Like, I think I think they did like all of the different hostess. Like, really nothing is off the table for what we will rank and review. <laughs> Y'all are some tastemakers. You know, we try. But when it comes to movies, y'all review as y'all review a lot of what um, Carson and I refer to as like the bro movies, the classics, anything Marvel, Jurassic Park, Ghostbusters, the list goes on. Yeah, I like pop in for the ones that like I care about. All these movies really fun, but I like to I like to switch it up. Some like earlier was it this year? Maybe it was last year. I was like, guys, we're doing it. We're ranking reviewing the Magic Mike movies, and you're going to like it, and you're not going to believe me until we oh actually do it. But we did it, and they liked it. And now we're getting a third one, which means we get to bring the show back. I'm just waiting for them to let me do Mamma Mia in review. That's the la- the other one I have on my list. That needs to happen. And you know how they do those like theater re-releases like once a year? You could time it up with that, give yeah. them the full experience. I know. There has to be like some like 10-year anniversary coming up for one of them or something like that. I'm keeping it in my back pocket. Meryl Streep's birthday is coming up, surely. <laughs> exactly. A sing-along version. In San Francisco, we have the Castro Theater that does like a lot of sing-along showings. Uh-huh. And I can't imagine something I'd want to watch more than the boys experiencing a sing-along Mamma Mia movie for the first time. So That'd be amazing. You should like print lyrics out for them. Uh, we're going in costume. Like, oh, good. We'll all, overall, denim overalls and sequins yep. for everyone. <laughs> Amazing. Well, actually, to be honest, when I was like fact checking all the bro movies, I was scrolling down the your in review playlist on YouTube and I was like, Magic Mike. 
right and, I know. I, and now i know that you're responsible for that it all makes sense <laughs> i know in one of the like podcasts within a podcast that they do they have rank those abs and i was like they've done this for so many series and i don't know how we haven't done magic mike just to get it on that list so yeah straight up <laughs> It's just, it's a fun time. Well, I can appreciate the a bro movie as, ne- as much as the next bro. I think I secretly am a film bro. Um, I'm not afraid to say it. But outside of all that, what are what's like your favorite genre? Or if I could be even more specific, if you have a favorite movie. But I know that's a hard question and Ugh. there's no pressure to answer that. You yeah. could just give me a genre. <laughs> Honestly, I think my favorite genre is like quirky coming of age movies (laughs) which kind of feel i feel like i maybe should have like grown out of that now i'm like 30 how old am i 33 i don't know 33 (laughs) 34 something like that um but there's something about that genre that like it's just very nostalgic for me um Mm -hmm. ladybird one of my favorite movies hits really close i grew up in sacramento i went to an all-girls school like the rival one that is based on one that uh gritiker or the one that gritiker actually went to um wow <laughs> yeah. So, and like, I didn't know anything about that movie going into it, other than I liked Saoirse Ronan in Brooklyn. So I was like, you didn't know oh. it's pierced right into your soul. <laughs> I know. And I was sitting in the movie theater with like this glass of wine. I was like, I was not prepared for this. Like, I didn't bring <laughs> tissue. Um. So that's at the top of my list. Um. I just watched Cha Cha Real Smooth earlier this year, which is a new movie that's coming out on Apple TV from this guy named Cooper Rafe, um, which is like a kind of deals more with like the post-college like what do I do with my life kind of thing um Mm -hmm. I really liked that and then um the way way back with Steve Carell and I can't remember what the main kid's name is yeah I've had so many people recommend that movie Sam Rockwell too right Mm -hmm. and then I just learned that that is referring to the the way way back of a vehicle right Oh, yeah. The way, way back of a van? Is that it, what it's referring to? I think it's to? a station wagon. Like, because I, in their, like, family car, he's, like, the station wagon has, like, the seats that sit backwards or whatever. Right. Um, I guess I've never put those two together, though. I don't know why I know this, not having seen the <laughs> film. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. yeah, as a kid, I we would refer to, like, the back row of our minivan, like, the third row as the way, way back. And oh, that totally. was where I... I would sit since I was the youngest third child. Oh, you got it. So I need to see this movie. It's really good. It's so hard not. I mean, it's, uh, I think it's Tony Collette. I don't know why I can't remember anything anymore. Uh, Steve Carell, (laughs) but like as a, like. It's a villain, right? Yeah. He's like not nice. Uh, Sam Rockwell, (laughs) who I love. Um, It's just like, it's a great cast. And it's like summer, which is like always kind of like a fun vibe for a movie. And. Just yeah. trying to figure out life and friends and who you are as a person and how to navigate everything. So yeah, so I think that's my favorite genre. The The farther away I get from having come of age, I guess, the more <laughs> nostalgia it feels. I, I totally get that. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, memories and like being able to like empathize with like all of these experiences that we all have independently and are trying to navigate mm-hmm. but then you realize like oh everybody does that it's not just me but they seem so isolating at the time um so there is like that shared cathartic experience of watching it on the screen i love to be related to also ladybird <laughs> was like one of the first movies that i noticed had like early 2000s vibes mm-hmm. i felt nostalgia for that that was like one of the first times so yeah i don't know 
And it's like such a weird time period to feel nostalgic for because it doesn't seem that far away. I feel like um, mm. Pen15 on Hulu, yes. if you ever watch that, has the same thing. Oh my God. Right? And it's like the little things where it's like just how they did like the set dressings and like those weird like ribbon candles. I was like, how did I forget about these? They were everywhere, but like it just <laughs> yes. hits you. Oh, it's so good. Literally the poster that Maya has I think it's Maya on her wall of the dolphins I had that exact same poster (laughs) and then later this is so minor but like she pulls a binder out and Mm -hmm. the cover of the binder is like I I just had the exact same folder I'm like where are they getting their hands on these like really specific early 2000s props yeah like are people did people keep them at the time thinking that this was going to be like a timely thing to keep because like it seems like such a throwaway thing that you wouldn't think would like evoke those memories, but they do. Oh, I'm so sad it's over. Uh, me too. And also my the room that I shared with my oldest sister had the same cloud paint that uh <laughs> the other girl, Anna, is that her name? That's the Yeah. Okay. That she has painted. It's like light blue with like sponge press pressed all across the wall totally that was our whole room it's crazy like how many (laughs) things are so relatable now i'm curious about tv do you like tv and if so what is okay cool what's the last show that you watched that you fell in love with that you were like this is a masterpiece in your eyes Uh, okay this is one that like really falls outside of my like normal viewing habits. Okay. But one of my friends got me to watch Yellowstone, which I know is such a boomer TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's for like sure. Kevin Costner and it's like a ranch mm-hmm. and it's like not normally <laughs> the kind of show that I would watch, but it fits like a really good middle ground for me of it has like the family uh like business and family drama aspect that I love about Succession. Mm -hmm. But it's also paired with like the juicy, like salaciousness of something like Nashville, (laughs) which is also kind of like a guilty pleasure thing for for me. Um, So it just fit like a really, it's honest. I watched it probably like two months ago and I've been like bouncing between shows, trying to find something that like picks up my attention the way that that did. And I haven't been able to find anything yet. What's the next Yellowstone? Exactly. I know. And it's one of those things where it's like, I was trying to get my mom and dad to watch it. And they were like, why are you watching this? Like, this is all our friends that are watching this. I was like, I don't know. It just clicked with me. Yeah. My parents both really like Yellowstone. I haven't seen it yet. What is it streaming on? Uh, It's like the messiest streaming thing where it's like a Paramount Plus network. Or it's a Paramount Plus TV show. But they licensed all the like VOD rights to Peacock. So seasons one through three are on Peacock and season four and the 1883 which is like one of their spin-off shows is on Paramount Plus. Wow. Okay, this is why I haven't watched it but also how have all the boomers handled that? How have they figured that I out? I have no <laughs> idea. They like the amount of people that must have Paramount Plus which I feel like is one of those services that like I never hear anyone talk about. I'm like, oh, I guess this is who's keeping them going. It's just, <laughs> just everybody the boomers. our parents age. That's so true yeah. cuz they don't think about like spending little bits of money here and there. They're just like, give me that. Give me the show. Yeah, exactly. Can I get it on my Apple TV? Perfect. Mm -hmm. They're not even looking at, they don't even know there's apps. (laughs) They're just clicking on the shows. Exactly. But the one before that, that I also was really obsessed with was, uh, you're the worst, which is an older FX show. That's now on Hulu. 
and it's uh these like it's like essentially the two worst people in two different friend groups meet at a wedding and like start dating and they're really like terrible people but it has like a lot of the fun quirkiness of like a new girl ish kind of like uh friend group okay um the side characters are really fun but it's like a lot smarter sorry if anybody likes new girl and finds offensive but like it's just like a little bit like snappier writing okay um and more modern plus it's uh fx so it's not as like pg (laughs) um and it's really really fun okay cool i'm glad you showed me two shows that i basically now i need solidified that i need to watch them there's just (laughs) so much good tv out there that it's really hard i know and i'm the person that just like I've been watching the challenge <laughs> just because I'm like, I need something on in the background, but yes. like I haven't finished severance. So like we just did a whole episode on severance. That would be my answer. Um, Ooh, okay. I'm not going to gush about it, gush about it again. Cause I did for like way too long, but definitely <laughs> see it. It's so good. But I think like the burnout, like the TV burnout is real. I love TV. I am a, afraid to even say verbalize this but like i think i like tv more than movies i think i'm a tv tv gal like the satisfaction and the payoffs of like putting 10 hours into something is like Mm -hmm. just hits for some reason yeah and you can have more like satisfying like character arcs and development than you can in like obviously a two-hour movie um but sometimes that burns you i've been having a hard time lately with the shows that i love like um watching barry the new season of barry i'm finally starting and and then atlanta too um the new season of that they're just like so dark yeah that i'm like i just need to watch something that is bright and happy for an hour i can't handle (laughs) i can't handle anymore (laughs) even though the shows are so good it's just like it's getting hard it's getting tough out there y'all I know, because it, it, like, there is, like, a degree of escapism with these, and it's just like, oh, <laughs> the thing I'm trying to escape from, you are also putting directly back in my face, and, yes. ooh, I just have to be in a specific mindset to watch it. Yeah, I'm, I only watched, like, the first three episodes of this season of Atlanta, mm-hmm. so I need to go back and watch that, and Barry's been one that I keep hearing about, but I haven't watched yet, so now I feel like I need to, like, bump that to the top of my list. Yeah, get get it up there, get it up there. It is very good. Is it HBO? HBO, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question, and I'll go first if you need time to think about it. But what okay. is your call sign? Oh, okay. So I have this figured out because we did like a watch along a couple months ago for the first Top Gun because some of our guys hadn't seen it yet. So I then I picked Firefly. I don't know why, but I liked it. That's cool. But. I've been thinking about it more lately, and I think I want it to be Ladybird. <laughs> oh, that is that's very fitting. I like that a lot. Yeah, and so it's I somehow badass at the same time, it. right? It's like not too pandery, but it has like more meaning than uh, like Firefly. Just was like this kind of sounds cool, and I like sparkly things. <laughs> and Fireflies light up. Wait, did you say you have to figure out how to change it? Like, did you put an order in for your helmet already and all that? <laughs> uh yeah no god i wish i want like a i want us all to get like cool jackets where we just like wear cool bomber jackets yeah no but like now it's like a thing because they're doing top gun in review Mm -hmm. and like half of them are who i watched it with so everybody knows everybody's call signs are kind of funny now not that we use them ever 
<laughs> other than on that those two pieces of content. But then I feel like I'd have to like tell them I'd change it and then there's a spreadsheet somewhere on your Google Drive for sure. Exactly. I'm going to have to like hack into Nick's brain inception style and change it. Otherwise, he'll just never remember. Well, I decided mine just I picked my own, which was like McFlurry. Ooh. <laughs> and then I took the quiz that they have. Do you know about this like AR thing? Yeah. Dude, I took the quiz and at the end the call sign it gave me was blizzard oh my gosh that's (laughs) incredible i was like okay well at least i'm like sticking with my theme of loving ice cream (laughs) yeah blended ice cream treats is definitely uh the niche that you need to be in for your call sign that is like really incredible like just confirmation (laughs) i've never been more validated are you specifically Team McFlurry, or do you like Blizzards, or what made you pick McFlurry? Other just that you like them. Yeah, I just really like McFlurries. I think I would. <laughs> They're pretty good. Yeah, I think I would choose a McFlurry over a Blizzard. I well, I don't know actually. If you gave, if you had them both and asked me, but like I'm never really at a Dairy Queen. Yeah, so much of it is like regional, based on like what you have around you, because like That's we very don't have true. Dairy Queen in San Francisco, really, unless you're at a mall. Yeah, like an Orange Julius. We have them here, and they're, like, weirdly, like, the more rural areas you get into, like, the higher chance you're going to see a Dairy Queen. Mm. So I definitely associate it with road trips, but I'm not really about their food, so I don't really yeah. care. It's like, I don't I really want it... toast right now Yeah, <laughs> with my chicken tenders. <laughs> and I feel like Blizzard could, like, people could take that in a lot of different directions, but McFlurry is, like... You it's know what it is, but it still sounds like flurry sounds kind of badass. I don't know. I I always thought it was cool. So I, I don't like know. I'll, I haven't decided between the two, but I I just feel affirmed either way. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into our review of Top Gun first. I'm going to send you up against the best. Yes, sir. You two characters are going to Top Gun. I feel the need. The need. For five weeks, you're going to fly against the best fighter pilots in the world. You guys really are cowboys. I don't like you because you're unsafe. That's right. I am dangerous. The wild card flies by the seat of his pants. Yeah, I guess when I see something, I go right after it. It takes a lot more than just fancy flying. Uh, Joey, this is a spoiler zone. We can spoil anything from these two movies. And I know we're starting with Top Gun, but it's probably going to be hard to separate the two. Don't worry about it if you if like you need to say something okay. about Top Gun too. Um, or excuse me, Top Gun Maverick. Before we jump in, I have these facts that I read out. And Ooh. let me get going on those. Okay, this movie, Top Gun, came out in 1986. It was directed by Tony Scott Written by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr., starring Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Val Kilmer, Michael Ironside, Anthony Edwards, and Tim Robbins. It has a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes, but an 83% audience score. It is streaming on Netflix. I think it's about to go off Netflix, though, so hurry it up, folks, if you want to see it. Here's the description from IMDb. As students at the United States Navy Elite Fighter Weapons School compete to be to be best in the class one daring young pilot learns a few things from 
a civil, uh, excuse me, learns a few things from a civilian instructor that are not taught in the classroom. <laughs> That's my first time reading that. <laughs> <laughs> Who writes these? That's not what it's about. No. <laughs> but, okay. So th- this is my first time seeing Top Gun. I watched it a few days ago. And I probably wouldn't have seen it if not for the new one, which I was very excited about. But tell me your relationship to Top Gun and what you thought about it, seeing it now in, in our day and age, year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, Top Gun is one of those movies that I feel like was a staple in my house growing up. Um, my family are like chronic rewatchers of favorite movies, mm-hmm. um, which I have like come to realize as an adult isn't like always the case. I thought everybody rewatched movies all the time, but then I've met like so many people who are like, no, I just watch it once and I'm done. Um, but this was a movie that was like, whenever it was on TNT or whatever cable channel, mm-hmm. no matter what scene it's on, it's like, oh, we're putting it on in the background of okay. whatever we're doing. It's staying. Exactly. Um, I think honestly, up until I rewatched it a couple weeks ago, I don't know that I had ever really seen the end, like the last 40 minutes of the movie. Like everything <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> after Goose dies for the most part, I think. Uh, like I just didn't really remember. Like I remember they like graduated and like, but like that whole second mission thing, like I remember happening, but I was like, I don't know if I've ever watched all of this. So that was like kind of a fun surprise. You're I like goose, goose dies in the credits roll. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and just in my head, that's the end of it. Cause I was like, what is there left for 40 minutes of this movie? Um, but I love it. Um, it's super, I think I forget how much like, actual like action and fighting there is because in my brain i always just remember the like fun banter between all the guys and between um tom cruise and kelly mcgillis and the music scene and the volleyball scene like i feel like it has like a lot of iconic scenes that i kind of make me forget about like the actual plot of the movie because <laughs> none of those have anything those to jets. do with <laughs> yeah exactly the whole point so yeah it was really fun not to mention that like i grew up in san jose which is like bay area california and we had a great america which used to be owned by paramount so we had like top gun rides and stuff like oh, that wow. so i feel like half of my memories are just like the top gun like fighting with my friends of like no the top gun rides the best ride and i think it's also because i just really love this movie um even though it was a fun roller coaster yeah. um but yeah it was like a it was it's one of the it's like that and dirty dancing and like ferris bueller <laughs> aliens like all of those that kind of just twister that got put on repeat in my house so all um, good ones all solid ones. How did you feel watching it for the first time in 2020? Well, it was not what I expected. I was pretty like surprised that like by two thirds of the way through the movie, I'm like, wait, what is the point? <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole re- reason he gets to Top Gun in the first place is sort of like by chance. Um, mm-hmm. There's no like character choice. There's no like call... Uh, like refusal of or call to action and refusal of the call and all of that. There's none of that. It's just like, well, boys, um, you're those guys are out and you're in. You got it. And so that kind of threw me off. And then like, um, once we get into the school, I and we get introduced to Val Kilmer's character. I'm like, okay, I guess the point is like to be the best. <laughs> he wants mm-hmm. to be the best. Uh, but then like, 
they kind of forget to bring up the scores. They actually never like give us a running of the scores at any point in time until the very end. Yeah. And you just see Iceman with the plaque and you're like, oh, I guess he won. (laughs) So I wasn't sure what it was about. I still am not sure. I thought it was kind of funny that the movie is actually just like alternating scenes of uh, just some jet spectacle and then 80s hangout time. I guess I would say it just doesn't hold up. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a weird movie. I think it's weird because there's no villain. (laughs) Like there's no like real conflict in the movie except for within Maverick himself. But it's mostly just like this. Like they don't really focus on like the him and his dad stuff that much. Like I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, oh, they mention it, but it's, it kind of seems to like drive character motivation, but like also not really. <laughs> right. And then the goose thing is also kind of like that where it's like, it happens almost too late in the movie to really like, he can't have grow that much in what, 40 minutes. Right. Um, and so like, it's just a weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Val Kilmer. I'm like, okay, he's the, he's the villain. And then um, by the, like, I don't think he really was by the end. It wasn't really about him anymore. Mm-mm. Um, and then the way Goose dies was also an accident. It wasn't anybody's fault. And I thought that, like, in terms of just, like, screenwriting, maybe that's lame. I, but I do really like how they handled it in Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, it was just things happening by chance. And then, but we're just going to have a blast while that all plays out, basically. <laughs> I know. It's like, as long as everyone it's- has fun. <laughs> Yeah, the tone of it is all over the place. And then they like, then they're like, hey, here's Kelly McGillis. (laughs) By the way, we're going to throw this in there and have this be intertwined through it, which like I don't find particularly compelling. I don't really, in the, when I think about Top Gun, I'm not like, oh my gosh, it's so romantic. I'm like, man, like, can we get through all of this stuff? The will they, won't they of, of Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis is sort of like really wrapped up probably in the first half <laughs> and then they're just together. Yeah. I'm like, so that's not the point. Then I, yeah, when she's introduced, I'm like, this is the point. And no, that's not the point either. And there's no like internal conflict with either of them about like, oh no, this is going to jeopardize either of our careers. It's like, this is a bad idea, but like, whatever. <laughs> like, well, like- for, the consequences don't matter. And they didn't. So I guess it's fine. But two of my favorite moments of the film actually deal with her character. So maybe mm-hmm. I liked her like the first favorite moment probably of the whole film for me is when tom cruise i think he's incredibly unlikable in this movie his character but that's to that's like looking at it in today's lens i'm very curious what it's like looking like with a nostalgia lens or like looking at it in the 80s was he just like the ultimate guy back then yeah i mean i don't even really know because i feel like even when i was watching it as a kid like tom cruise was already like kind of old and not like mm-hmm. not like I was a Leonardo DiCaprio girl. So yeah, like, right. I feel like that's like a generation <laughs> below. Um I think he was like really charming. And I think especially back then before we knew about or before he was involved so much in like Scientology and right. all of that stuff. I think people thought he was like this charming young kid. Um yeah. and I can see I guess, too, in that time period, like, the, like, cocky asshole was, like, a more desirable, uh, like, archetype that people were drawn to. Whereas, like, I feel like that's kind of played out and not, mm-hmm. at least in the way that he played it, it's not as, like, much mm-hmm. of something that people are drawn to now. 
But um, yeah, like I don't think that they have like super great chemistry. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. Like, but but my favorite scene, my favorite moment is like me not liking Tom Cruise, and then he meets Kelly McGillis at this bar. And there's one of two musical numbers. Um, <laughs> and, you know, at this point, I'm still like, what is this movie? Their conversation when they're in the ladies' room, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah, this is not okay. This yeah, cannot fly. This is really weird. Anyways, all that happening, me feeling weird and uncomfortable about it. And then the very next scene, uh, in walks his new Top Gun instructor, and it's Kelly McGillis. And I was like, okay, I'm in. Like, I really yeah. love that moment. And my second favorite moment, this is a small, small thing, but when, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, there, I think she like uses him as an example and that embarrasses him. And he is like going to ride away on his motorcycle and she like runs out to tell him that she was right basically. And then he like cuts her off by riding away. Then she gets in her car (laughs) and like drives through the streets, causing an actual car accident. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like there's a severe accident <laughs> in her dope car follows him all the way to his house or whatever mm-hmm. just to say hey you didn't let me finish my sentence i was like i respect that <laughs> <laughs> she was ahead of her time in that regard absolutely maybe this movie does recognize that he's being like a cocky asshole i don't know but i i appreciated that moment yeah she has like fun moments i think i just the stakes for the two of them are so low that i'm just like I would like more of like the banter or like the because they have like good conflict in terms of her being an instructor right. and him thinking that he knows everything. And I think that's the most compelling part. I think the like romance aspect is kind of whatever. But I would like to see more of that of like the scene of uh, it must be like that first scene where he and where he's trying to correct her about the Migs and like, oh, yes, going back and yeah. forth. It's so fun. And like in a pompous way but i'm like oh i want more of that kind of stuff yeah i just i'm a simple gal i have simple needs of like um a movie to have a goal or a central conflict (laughs) (laughs) and that is not top gun it's not top gun we haven't even actually talked about the jet scenes they were a little hard to follow um and if i was a kid i think i would totally just like black out and just be like jets in the air the most effective one, I think, was probably the one where he gives, like, he flies above and gives him the finger. Like, that was probably the coolest, the coolest yeah. jet moment. But, like, for you, is this movie the, it, it doesn't sound like it's all about the jets. It's just about the Absolutely vibes. Not. <laughs> it's all about the 80s vibes. Yeah. Honestly, like, I, I think one of the things that Top Gun struggles with, especially compared to Maverick, is, like, I think it's, like, a little bit too in the weeds about some of the... F- Top Gun, like, flying stuff, which I know mm-hmm. is a really dumb thing to say about a movie that's about this, like, naval aviation <laughs> Give school. us what we want. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like because they're just going to school and all of that, like, teaching you about all that stuff, and they don't really hold your hand about anything. They just kind of say all these things and you believe that what they're saying is true. <laughs> um, sets you up to understand the, like, final battle in the last half. It's like... Okay, I get why you did this, but like it still feels very disjointed. Where spoilers, I guess, for Maverick, at least they have one singular mission the yes. whole time that they're breaking down and they're going through, and you're like, I understand this. I understand why they're doing all this. And it's like 
I don't know. Watching people like learn things in school is not a very exciting storytelling thing. For yes, me. <laughs> literally, that was all I needed. So I'm glad they fixed that, and they fixed a lot of things that we'll get into. But um, yeah, this movie, I love that. Like inside the um, the boat, <laughs> the ship. I don't know what to call it <laughs> that they yeah. land on. It's like pink and blue and everyone's like as sweaty as can be and it's foggy in there it's Why so are they 80s all dripping with sweat during the entire movie like it's san diego which is like beautiful 70s weather like year round and like not particularly like humid or anything like right. that. I, I mean i guess maybe if you're in those uniforms i don't know but like they're just like did they i swear they must have just had like water bottles or like those spray mist fans just like spraying everybody down because it it's like not like a it's not like a hot like a cute thing i just don't understand i don't know i don't know what the the 80s mindset was to make everyone like as sweaty as possible i guess so to like get those like action movie vibes (laughs) even though it's not what top gun is no and it can catch the light i guess in an interesting way but I mean, clearly it was wrong because we stopped doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're like, this has a short lifespan and it might just be this movie. Maybe they moved on to like baby oil and that was like the sheen thing. No, you're so right about the sheen because now I'm thinking about like Lost and they're all just like lathered in a single layer of like liquid. (laughs) Like we're progressing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It must just be the lighting that they want to catch. We're... uh this is us being generous, I think, to them <laughs> when it comes to that choice. I just think, mate, what if they were all just that sweaty? Who knows? We haven't <laughs> talked about we haven't talked about goose at all for real. Uh, what did you? What was that like seeing as a kid uh, versus now? I think the whole time I was really confused because I it's at least as a kid, and even now I don't feel like it's super clear based on the way that he, like, ejects necessarily, that he dies. Like, it, he definitely hits his head. But I wasn't like, oh, that is a killer blow that he's done for right <laughs> away. It's like, right he there, have, yeah. Yeah, he might have injuries and I might not be doing so hot. But, like, I think I was very confused. It seemed like we jumped <laughs> really far. And, like, I understand necessarily not wanting to have, like, a super violent death on screen or anything like that. Uh but I think I was just mostly confused. And even seeing it now, I'm like, I'm still kind of confused about how this happened. But like, if that's the way you wanted the story to go, I guess. I, I His character's so lovable and so fun. Um, and I think maybe that's also why I kind of m- don't care about the last little bit of it. Because it's like so much more serious than the rest of the movie. Because kind of just miss out on um, Anthony Edwards' like presence and all the banter with like all the other side guys and stuff. Um, but it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. He has a helmet on. So I'm like, why would that? <laughs> I don't, maybe that's like, I don't understand how like jet plane ejection works. Yeah. Maybe like, it's like 200 required. miles per hour and we're just being ignorant about it. But yeah, yeah, it was unclear to me too. Watching it for the first time, I was like, wait, oh, that seems bad. And then like seeing his like lifeless body, like descend with the parachute, I was like, wait, <laughs> Oh, we got to wake him up. I'm like, I think I'm still yeah. in the mind. Maybe this is t- like it too. Thinking like he can come back from that. Maybe yeah. th- they want us to think that and for it to not be that way is pretty devastating. Um, yeah. And it was like, it kind of comes out of the blue. Like I didn't really yeah. 
expect it was very much training now and i know yeah yeah and like they they hit something right some i don't remember what exactly happened but it was just like this seems like a weird point in a movie and like in the whatever plot they decided for this movie (laughs) to like kill a main character so yeah um, even when i look at it with like a little bit more of like an analytic view i'm like i don't this is kind of weird but yeah they like (laughs) go chosen it they go through Val Kilmer's like jet or jet stream. Is that what it's called? Like the jet wash. Jet wash. Jet wash. And yeah. it like spins them out of control. That's right. But it wasn't like, it wasn't Val Kilmer's fault. Like he didn't like get in their way or anything. Yeah. Um, which honestly made the whole thing more terrifying that it was an accident. It happened during training and that it was nobody's fault for a movie that kind of stinks in terms of like story but for a person where this stuff is real i'm like that's terrifying (laughs) yeah i know and i feel like we even get some of those moments in maverick too where it's just like oh you could be doing the exact right thing and still have some random thing happen like a convergence of factors yes that like just kind of fuck you up (laughs) well here on the movie mavens podcast we do this thing called a movie maven score which is basically we both give a score for a movie out of 10 and then i'll average the two and that will be the score for this film um so i'll go first i'll give my closing thoughts and my score last thing i want to say is that this school is like top of the line you got to be the best (laughs) and the best to get in but that's what their graduation looks like like some metal fold-out chairs that's the best we got (laughs) Yeah, it looked like they just aped like the background from somebody's like wedding that had happened three days before. <laughs> and they I were know. like, we can just use this. It's fine at a random community center. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like do it on one of those cool ships that they land on. That would be dope. Right? It's, I was pretty underwhelmed by that. Um, okay, I'm going to score it low, but I don't want this to influence your score or anyone else's score out there. I have one out there. in my head, so don't worry. Okay, good. All right, my score for top gun is a four out of 10 okay i have a six out of 10 whoa okay i thought it was gonna be higher yeah it's not (laughs) (laughs) um i put it on my letter when i was like ranking stuff on my letterbox last week i was like oh i just rewatched it and i was like i the the fun parts are really fun and the rest of it i kind of just don't care about enough which is a lot to say for like a 90 minute movie (laughs) fair fair enough yeah um i feel like there's a lot of it that i kind of write off and i do I think I even ranked that before I saw the second one. Um, okay. Yeah. I did too. But I, yeah. Which, but this is fun to talk about. All right. So that, that means the movie Maven's score for Top Gun is a five out of 10. Let's move on and talk about Top Gun Maverick. Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. This movie came out, or is coming out, May 27th, 2022 in wide release. It was directed by Joseph Kazinski. Uh, who directed Tron and Oblivion. The screenplay is by Aaron Kruger, Eric Warren Singer, and Christopher McQuarrie. 
It is starring Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Ed Harris, and Val Kilmer. It has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Here is the description from IMDb. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. Dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. Hmm, okay. Again with these descriptions. <laughs> yeah, who they need a new copywriter. <laughs> this ain't it. This ain't it. Um so yeah, the I saw this as, as an IMAX like pre-screening. Mm-hmm. And they played like a little intro uh video with like a ton of like press shots and like Tom Cruise. We got that too. The military propaganda. We should touch on it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's already bad, but that video made it worse, I thought. Yeah, it's honestly, as much as it is a military movie, I feel like it's also not. And maybe it's because it's not like a combat movie Mm. as much. Like, I feel like maybe I'm thinking more of like the Zero Dark Thirty or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. So it doesn't. And like, even in this one, they don't really like. They don't even name like where this like random bunker is. <laughs> that made it more for some reason more propaganda because it's like, don't worry, you're just gonna have fun here and we're not gonna fight. Yeah. We're not gonna give you enough information to see whether or not like the casualties of this are like justified or like give you any additional information essentially. Yeah, totally. But I at the same time I was like kind of in a weird way grateful that I'm like, we don't even know where we're going, what country we're in, who the enemy is. They are walking, like in that scene when they're walking on the base, mm-hmm. they're like confidently walking. So I'm like, okay, I guess like this is a place with some white dudes because <laughs> because <laughs> they don't have their helmets on or anything. They're walking with confidence. Um but Let's. I want to hear your thoughts on this movie. I know you were excited to see it. Did it live up mm-hmm. to your excitement and the general hype? So we. So I saw it two weeks ago at a press screening, and then I saw it again last night. Oh, nice! I saw it last <laughs> night too. <laughs> we because 40x was doing like a special like fan screening for it, and that's like cool. the seats that move with like yes. the fans and the lights and all this stuff. It was like a really wild experience. Um, but when we had gone, t- the like same company does like a bunch of press screenings in San Francisco for us. Mm-hmm. So when we had gone to Doctor Strange, we were talking to like the guy that runs them all, and he was like, "Oh, we'll see you in a couple weeks for." Maverick and we were like yeah and he was like we just watched it all last night he's like honestly might be my new favorite movie of all time (laughs) and we were like whoa dang that is like wild but then before that he had been talking about how like he doesn't really care about Marvel and Doctor like I was like I don't know you well enough to know your movie taste to know if that is like if that that means means a lot yeah or like what the context of that is and so I was like, dang, that's a lot. And then that on top of the CinemaCon reactions and like the standing ovation and like the people I had seen with reactions there, I was like, dang, like everybody likes this movie. There's like no way it's like that good, right? (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, yeah, I get that's like, that's a lot to ask, but it's Tom Cruise and like the boys always, I've never, I haven't seen all of the Mission Impossible movies, but they always talk about how good Mm -hmm. they are. And so I was like, oh, I guess I trust you guys that they're good movies. I don't know. Um, so when we went, uh, we saw it in like the fake IMAX. It's like yeah. The big giant pretty IMAX. Um, it was like a nonstop ride, which I <laughs> like it, it just this movie starts. 
The little stinger opening they have where it's like exactly the same as Top Gun, very weird. And I don't really know why that's there, but it got everybody hyped. Yeah. So I guess that would be the moment. Isn't it weird how it like fades to black and then like the real movie starts? I was like, oh, okay. I thought it would be more integrated. Did you mean to put that there? Like That felt like a studio note. The The execs were like, put that in. Come on. We need to figure out a way to put Danger Zone in the movie. And that's the only place we can put it. But I was, like, so pleasantly surprised at how much I really, really liked this movie. I mean, I've obviously I've seen it twice now. Um, I think it, this is the best modern sequel we've gotten for any, like, reboot franchise, whatever we want to call them these days. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we've gotten, like, a ton of particularly good ones. So I <laughs> totally. think the bar for that is, like, pretty low. Totally. Um, but I was shocked at how much they made me care about about the new crew of characters. I feel like they're used in the perfect amounts. Um, Mm -hmm. They had fun banter and like a good group dynamic. Um, I actually really liked Jennifer Connelly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it was like kind of fun how they like pulled her in, like her character in from the first one, which is like not even like just mentions of her character. Um, The action sequences. She is in the first one or her character is in the first one. So, um, when they're first, yeah, Penny. So when they're first getting caught, when like, uh, what's his name bails out. Cause he like freaked out at the very beginning yeah. and they pull them in. He, they talk about like the, some Admiral's daughter and it's her. And then later, I think it's Meg Ryan or like mentions her name. It's not Penny Marshall, but that's what's coming to my brain right now, but whatever her last wow. name was. So they mention it a couple times. I only noticed that when I went back and rewatched it. Yeah. This like last night because i was like kevin even when we saw it was like is that the admiral girl is like i don't know but now that i know that i'm like oh okay oh I like they okay because they were treating it like we knew but i figured like oh if we like maybe she never was in the original or you know her character wasn't in the original but they're just acting like she was which i'm like that's pretty confident of you i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's she's only ever name dropped and it's like twice wow that's kind of cool actually yeah, it's like, oh, you guys set this up really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have complicated feelings about Miles Teller. I think he's a very talented actor, but like outside of that, I don't know how much I like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's incredible how much he looks like Anthony Edwards with the mustache and like even just like the persona. Yeah. I was like, man, you like really nailed this. You did a great job. Yes. Um, I buy their relationship and their tension. I think how they handled his mom and dad was really good. Uh. John Hamm, <laughs> like, so fun. I feel like we got enough of all the characters to have us wanting more, which I would rather have than to, like, get too much of them mm-hmm. and become annoyed with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the action scenes were great. I like that it's one cohesive, like, this is what we're building towards for the whole movie. Yep. And uh, I thought the sound was really cool of, like, especially when Maverick's, like, doing that initial run under... Oh, for like two minutes mm-hmm. and the way that they use his breathing and the movement and oh. stuff like that i'm like this is so good <laughs> yeah. and i feel like there's so many points where it feels like they're retreading on old territory but they manage to change it just enough to like surprise you and keep you engaged oh absolutely i think my thoughts on this movie are that this is basically the same exact movie as top gun except better in every way like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he Tom Cruise gets pulled into Top Gun in the original by uh, chance. In this, it's it's 
I mean, he's still in the military. He's still pulled into it, but they give him a choice. They say like, you can fly for Top Gun or you're grounded. You're never going to fly again. I was like, wow. Okay, great choice. Got it. Check that mm-hmm. off the box. Character agency. <laughs> yes. There's a mission that is stated clearly in the opening. And there's like literally an animation of like what the mission is. That was very Mission Impossible and very Christopher McQuarrie who uh, directs those. And he's an executive producer on this too, right? He's like writer and producer, or I don't know if it's executive or not, but yeah. Yeah. I love, I too love Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> There's my bro showing, but uh, so that's why I was excited to see this because of Christopher McQuarrie's involvement. Um, and that felt like a very Christopher McQuarrie moment. Um, there's in this movie, there's a moment where the students like embarrass themselves in front of the teacher that they don't know is their teacher. I don't think mm-hmm. that this was better than the, cause I love that moment in the original, but it was still, yeah. I thought it would change just enough. Like now mm-hmm. Maverick is the teacher. I thought that was cool. Um, there's a sports montage in this one. I did not expect. <laughs> no, not even a little bit, but it was better screenwriting wise in that it had a point which is his students need to become a team and i was like oh my god they somehow even made the montage have a point (laughs) i know (laughs) and like it didn't feel like shoehorned in or anything like that it's like oh no you're right like this mission is team work based and technical and you need to have both sides to make it work and this is a great way to do it that pays homage to the original. Um, in this movie, Goose Jr. sings Great Balls of Fire to a crowd that joins in. It's better in this movie only because of the emotional context of the first movie. Totally. I thought that was pretty touching, actually. Um, there's a sex scene with some cross dissolves. It's better in Maverick. There's a lot less licking involved. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot, yeah. Less mouth stuff. <laughs> like, so much just tongue in that original. <laughs> Did were people scared to give notes about that back then? Like I know now we have like intimacy coordinators and stuff like that, but were people just like we got to rein in the tongue? I think Tom Cruise was 24 and he's like this is how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody told him no. Oh gosh, that's so funny. Oh, and then okay, there's a will they won't they between Tom Cruise and a woman. In Maverick, I think it's better because it's just like I don't know. I never felt like he was trying to get her. She would say to him, don't give me that look. And I'm like, I don't think he was giving her a look. I honestly love the way they handled <laughs> that. She was sort of the one chasing him in a way. Yeah. And like, um, she's the one that like leaves the door open. The whole theater did like a sitcom style. Like, ooh, ooh. when that happened. <laughs> it was like watching Full House. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I I like the way they handled that relationship better like, than the Charlie um, Pete. I never realized his name was Pete. Right? I feel like they only use his real name like once or twice in the original movie. Right? They used Mitchell a lot more in this movie, I noticed. Mm-hmm. I thought, anyways. Um, yeah. And like, blanket statement, every scene was just so much better directed. And maybe it's just modern sensibilities, but like, I was like so tense during all of the jet scenes and even all the drama moments. I was just like, I was just sold. I was in on it. Yeah. I feel like this movie never stops. Like from that opening scene um, where they're trying to do the, t- get the test in before Ed Harris shows up. Yep. And you're just like, Holy crap. Uh, from that <laughs> moment on, it's just like, we're going and you better hold on because we're not really going to stop to, explain anything for you you just gotta put it all together and i i like that about it too yeah yeah 
I agree. I feel like it was really well paced. And like, even when you kind of get to like uh, the last part where it's um, Tommen. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, what are they going to do? Yeah. <laughs> they manage- you're like, this could be really bad, but they managed to make it work. Right. And so, so in Top Gun Maverick, the basically the Top Gun movie concludes as we know it does. And then, but something there's like, they they success, successfully finish the mission, except Maverick crashes, and then Rooster, aka Goose Junior, uh, goes mm-hmm. after him, saves him, like Deus Ex Machina style. It's not the first time <laughs> that's going to happen. And um, <laughs> then I'm like, wait, what's the rest of the movie exactly? You know what? That actually does happen in Top Gun. It's the last forty minutes where you're like, I guess oh, what is true. this? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like at least more invested in the overall mission. Exactly. Uh, and I'm like, wait, they both got to get home. Like I was super excited because at that point on, I didn't know where the movie was going to go. Yeah. It's so interesting to me that I liked a movie so much that like spoilers for the entire movie mm-hmm. doesn't really kill a main character. Right. Like, Ice dies, but like, I feel like that's so minor compared to like his screen time is so minor compared to everybody else. Yeah. Um, but like, it seems like in these kinds of reboots in order to have character growth, somebody needs to have some very traumatic death. <laughs> um, and that didn't really happen. And I'm happy about it. I, I'm happy too. I thought there was going to be one because it seemed like they were foreshadowing one. Like Tom Cruise is like telling rooster, like get used to it, pal. People mm-hmm. die. You got to move on. Let go. Let go. Let go. Which is like such a weird, like that made me feel gross in terms of like military propaganda, I guess. I was just like, that was like a weird message to me. People dying just happens. You got to accept it and you got to move on. Part of the job. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's interesting juxtaposition to Maverick clearly not processing Goose's death, even though he wasn't responsible. So like Mm -hmm. for him to say that, even though we know that internally he didn't feel that way and yeah, and I, I do like that they... Oh, okay, here's a c- central conflict for the movie is that Rooster blames uh, Maverick for his dad dying for, like, the whole movie. And it's not until they, like, succeed in their mission and together that they... Like, the okay, the B plot and the A plot come together like, yeah. <laughs> in a very satisfying way. Whereas in... Top, the original Top Gun, there was no A or B. There was just like <laughs> a wavelength. <laughs> so, we are just following these characters <laughs> on whatever choices they make. Yeah. And it was like, there was like plants and payoffs. Like uh, there, there's the whole debate about Tom Cruise's saying, we're going to be an F-18s or whatever. And we can't go against, or whatever ship they're in, they can't go against their better ship. And it's not the plane, it's the pilot and then mm. he that line is turned around on him later when they're in an F-14, an older plane, and they have to, like, fight against these new planes. Like, that was that was a great setup and payoff, I thought. Yeah. I like how they handled, me- uh, or, like, the other part of the conflict with Rooster, which is that I don't really know what pulling your papers for Academy means and why <laughs> that set him back four years. Like, it seems like that would... I don't, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Um, but the fact that... Maverick also did it because his mom didn't want him to end up like his dad. And like the fact that Maverick 
like burdened that entire decision so that uh rooster wouldn't uh like uh not regret but um, just like his mom mom. yeah yes and i was just like oh that's like a big character moment for maverick to be like this selfless to um like honor the memory of uh, Meg Ryan, I don't know what her character yeah. is. No, I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. And like they were, I think they were trying to get at that rooster was similar in the first like training jet sequence. He, he loses, but he, he's the first to lose. So he has to do the 200 pushups, but he's only the first to lose because he tries to save his like wingman. And then mm-hmm. the, like single female pilot shout out was like <laughs> she was like um we should someone was like we should be down there and then she says something like rooster that's what you got to know about rooster sort of like rooster knows that but he's like i don't i don't know remember the line but it was like he's sort of selfless guy in that way yeah um, and the fact he's selfless and he's like he does things very safe because he's also he's the first one to lose but then he's also the only one to end up completing the course but he does it outside of the time frame Mm because he's like hey like i'm the only one that actually finished this it wasn't under the requirements that you had but i did it Mm -hmm. and then he's like clearly not afraid of a dogfight on the way back yeah right i thought that was cool i i think that the fact that the mission was flight based like you had to be good at flying and not fighting also served well because like it just is hard to capture dogfights on camera and you understand what's what because you can't like get really good wide shots because <laughs> they're so <laughs> far apart right and like yeah so i thought it was clever that the actual mission was just to fly really well it there was a few dogfights like after but mm-hmm. um I don't know. I just appreciated. I thought all the flight sequences were much more uh, like understandable. <laughs> yeah, because they like framed it in a heist, essentially, <laughs> where it's like, oh, this makes things so much easier to understand. <laughs> oh my god, that's why I like this movie, Joey. Yep. My favorite genre is like thriller, crime, heist. Oh, I also am a big fan of that. Oh, <laughs> uh, you just uncovered it all for me. That's why. Okay. Slight detour then. Do you, what are your favorites? Of of those movies? Yes. It seems silly, but like Ocean's Eleven is amazing. It's so good. And it has such a good cast and like the setup is so good and oh Yeah. When I was in college, my senior film for like graduating basically was a heist film with a group of old people that rob a bingo hall. So I was Ooh. like all in on heists. And I wrote one and they're like kind of hard to write because you have to like have, you have to have a plan that the viewer is in on. And then you have to have what I call the plan behind the plan, which is what the people that are doing the heist know, but we don't know. And we don't know that until they reveal it. And that's like the fun of the heist. This didn't really have that, but it was like a heist in the way that it was set up. Yeah. Do you have a favorite heist film? I mean... (laughs) this is where my movie bro comes out fast and fury fast five is like one of my favorite a it's my favorite fast and furious movie okay and it's also one of my favorite heist movies i think what they pull off at the end is really really fun um and then i also really like the great escape oh (laughs) nice that's another like long family one that we like watch all the time and just all the pieces and I mean, Steve McQueen and like Charles Brown. Like there's so many good people in that too. That's hard not to love. I 
I have to admit that I've never seen any fast movie and it's on my list. <sighs> that is my biggest like bro <laughs> movie <laughs> franchise of life. I need to get in on it. I'm like, I'm not above it. I just haven't watched it. I will say <laughs> you really have to like get through the first four. <laughs> okay. I know. I know. Which is a lot to say for a movie that's like nine series long. Uh, five, six, and seven, I think, are like almost a perfect trilogy when it comes to like these kinds of movies. Okay. Um, but once you finish all of them, you have a newfound respect for the ones that you think you had to suffer through. Um, <laughs> oh, that's turns, cool. Like a yeah. like watching television. Okay. <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, this is how things tie together. Yeah. So. Um, I also really like Snatch. Oh, I've never seen that. That was our first movie Maven's episode. Uh, shout out. Uh, I don't recommend you listen to it because we had a really shitty microphone back then. But <laughs> I recommend you watch it. Uh, it's a Guy Ritchie movie and it's like one of his earlier and ones. I do you really love The Gentleman? Okay. Like one of my favorite movies in the last couple of years. <laughs> that was our first episode was The Gentleman and, and, and um, Snatch. Snatch, I think is, I think it's better, but I, okay. there's a thing though, I've watched it a long time ago when I was younger, so you should watch it for sure. Let me know what you think. Uh, Back to Top Gun Maverick though. (laughs) Exactly. There, um, you mentioned like the pacing and like the stakes there in film. Usually you like try to raise the stakes uh, once at least, or a few times in this film, I love, and this did not happen in Top Gun. I think the stakes were always like zero. But in this film, I love that at one point, the uh, Cyclone and the other guy, I, or John Hamm and his like other dude, I forget his name. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They come in and they're like, all right, uh, the mission is now one week away. Or it's now... I think it's like 10 days away and it was three weeks away. And I love that there's no explanation. It's just like, do it faster. And that's all you need. Honestly, I'm like, we're hitting the beats and I'm getting more stressed out in a good way. (laughs) The further we get. Oh, his, the, his like second in command is called warlock, which I think is really cool. I do want to say, uh, shout out to the girl pilot Phoenix. Mm -hmm. I am so happy that they at the end they didn't make her a love interest because oh. i feel like there were moments with uh rooster where they absolutely could have had them kiss when everybody comes back and i was like oh please don't do that that and they didn't and i was like thank you we can just have girls as characters that don't have to be love interests in the movie and it's fine she didn't have to be a bro either i thought yeah no i feel like she did a really good job of like I'm going to be my own character. I don't yes. have to be one of the boys, but I am a pilot and you have to respect me for that. Yeah, totally. And like we've transcended the, if there's a woman in like a military or violent setting, they have to be like very masculine <laughs> for some reason. So we've transcended totally. that. I also want to give a shout out to Glenn Powell in this movie. Uh, he plays Hangman. Who is oh like- my gosh kind of some weird hybrid of like an Iceman, but also a maverick in terms of being the best but also really really cocky um i only know him from the setup on netflix which is like very rom-com and like an office rom-com okay um, and i loved him in this i thought he was really good i think he has a fun character arc he has like enough of that antagonistic totally uh, relationship with rooster 
that I think brings out some fun competitiveness. And he I has loved a, him and I want to see him in more things. He has a punchable face, like in the perfect way. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, I did not recognize him from anything, but I thought he did a great job. Like he commanded the screen when he was on it for sure. And did a good job of not just being Val Kilmer again, which um okay, Val Kilmer. I love that they tied in his like condition in the story that made me really Mm -hmm. emotional honestly i know and the fact that like he was willing to be vulnerable enough to actually do it i feel like is massive because that has to be like to be able to put your personal life out on display like that in a film form like has to be really scary totally Um, but it was really good to see their relationship on screen again yeah I, i it made me really emotional and sad because like in my mind not growing up really with Val Kilmer. I just thought he was like some older guy, but he's sitting across from Tom Cruise and I'm like, gosh, they're like the same age. And he has gone through, for those of you that don't know, he had like throat cancer. He like can barely speak. I don't think he even can actually. I think like his voice was like generated for this movie. I'm not positive on that. I'm not positive on that. That might've been him speaking. But when I saw Val Kilmer in the credits, I was like, oh, okay. And then throughout the movie maverick is just texting him and i'm like oh i get it okay he's that's like his presence but then he goes Mm -hmm. to his house and i'm like interesting and i love that scene with the wife where she's like his condition's gotten worse and that made me like really emotional to think and then to have him die then i'm just thinking about val kilmer like leaving us and i'm like this is too much it's like kind of sad i know it was like a lot of emotion and i think it's because you know that so much of it is based in reality mm-hmm. um i hear really really good things about the documentary about yes. him that came out last year and i have to figure out where to watch it because i <laughs> especially now i feel like really want to see it um because like i have like very little touchstones for him Same. growing up like i didn't really batman his batman movie was not my batman movie same i was george clooney batman <laughs> girl uh, <laughs> as only the elite of us are <laughs> um but like and like tombstone wasn't really my thing and like i don't have i don't i honestly couldn't really tell you anything else or like that many prince other. of egypt <laughs> like I've he's a vo- seen it oh my gosh it's actually I know. amazing i'm like kind of shocked because i like grew up going to catholic school and so like i would have you thought that would have been required been. viewing <laughs> or like some weird like uh like substitute teacher movie or something like that <laughs> but yeah i feel yeah i just don't have like a good maybe i should go back and watch some more val kilmer movies for sure um any any last thoughts you want to have on the movie you want to share uh, i yeah i don't i don't i think that's everything it's honestly just like was such a surprising movie for me um i didn't think that i would care about the like side characters as much as i did even mm-hmm. like maverick's kind of like secondhand man that we see throughout the movie i thought they had like a really fun um dynamic and banter and even had some like really nice emotional moments mm-hmm. um and yeah like <laughs> i just loved the way that they wrapped up like him and brewster and got everything um i have a question for you okay do you think we're getting do you think we'll get another one in some oh, form i didn't even think about this my answer is yes <laughs> i feel like hollywood is just known for running things into the ground it can't help itself but honestly i feel like i wouldn't even be mad about it necessarily even if it, this even if a sequel to this was like 
75% is good, Mm -hmm. I still feel like that makes it significantly better than like a lot of other movies that I've watched in the last few years. Okay, what if it does and then like, then we have like the last Jedi reaction where we're like, when that came out, episode seven, <laughs> episode seven comes out. Okay. And we're all like, oh my God, it's so good. And then like six months pass and we're like, wait, that was the same movie. Holy shit. <laughs> like we've seen that one before. And then like now that the other two have come out, we're like that, like what the heck? Like what if that happens? Because that sort uh, of happens when they do a reboot as a sequel. Yeah. I would be really sad. I mean, I don't think that this movie is trying to be like, Look at how innovative we were. I think they know they were able to identify what people loved about Top Gun and mm-hmm. just made it better <laughs> straight um, up without trying to like essentially Star Wars it where it's like, "Oh, we're going to trick you into thinking that this is a <laughs> totally new storyline within the Skywalker family." Yeah, we're going to trick you into thinking we know what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. Um But, like, the fact, if they can get the same team on board, and I honestly do think the way that um, Tom Cruise is, like, very protective of the IP that he works on, um, even if he wasn't in the sequel, I think if he wasn't supportive of it, I don't, I think, I don't know how much, like, control he has. I think he has a lot of control. I think he... I think he's a shadow director. I think he's, like, in the scene, honestly. (laughs) Well, I was hearing stuff that, like, he paid to keep this off of VOD for, like, the last two years because it's been done for, like, a year and a half or whatever. So it wouldn't be surprising to me, yeah, if he had, like, not, like, ownership rights of the IP, but something relatively close to that. He has enough money to make anything happen. (laughs) Yeah. All that Scientology money, man. But yeah, I think that like he would be able to stop it if he didn't believe in it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I feel like I trust that if they were to make another one, it would be relatively good. I'll I'll watch it. Okay, I'll watch it. I'm in. Even if he, Maverick's not in it and it's just about this new crew of people and like whatever the next heisty thing is, I still think it would be fun. I think so too. The last thing I want to say is... That I could never, ever in my life ever not only be a pilot, I just could never be in the military <laughs> because I'm just too afraid. Absolutely not. I can't even ride a roller coaster. I can't ride most rides. I cannot even handle turbulence without getting like terrified of my life. So, imagine like t- to sustain G forces and even when he does a role in that old, 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 old plane at the end, I was like, mm-hmm. the first thing I thought of was like, I'm not getting in that plane with you, sir. <laughs> even if you're the best <laughs> pilot in this world, I can't handle it. As much as this is like a military, military movie, I don't think, and maybe this is just a me thing too, where it's like, it doesn't make me think that the military is that cool or like something that I am missing from my life. But I don't know if that's, I don't know if like, other people feel differently where it's like oh i could have been a fighter pilot it's like i feel like we're all realistic enough to know that (laughs) that is not a path for most people i think so too i don't know how this affects like young men but only time will tell low-key recruitment or something yeah right well i'm ready to score it if you are do you want to go first this time i will okay i'm giving it a nine out of ten three points higher than top gun yeah. I'm giving it an eight, which is four points higher for me. Yeah. Meaning the movie Maven score for Top Gun Maverick is an eight and a half out of 10. Thank you so much, Joey, for joining me today. 
This was so fun. Yeah, we should do this again sometime. Um, absolutely. Do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can catch me over on youtube.com slash kind of funny. Right now, um, we are watching and ranking all of the Jurassic Park movies. And boy, as much as I love the first one, rest of these, not super great. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Does that still make me excited for the one that we're getting this year, Dominion? Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I am just prepared to be disappointed like I have been about every other movie. You're ready to hurt again. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing that. Um, and then I'm usually posting like all my other non uh, in review takes on movies and TV and pop culture and all that fun stuff on Twitter.com slash Joey Noel. Awesome. Thanks, y'all, so much for listening. If you like this episode, give us a subscribe, give us a review. If you'd like to keep up with us online, you can follow us at Movie Mavens on Instagram and at Movie Mavens Pod on Twitter. All right. That's the show, everyone. Movie Mavens out.